This is Downstream, a podcast by the Rocky Mountain Outlook, taking you behind the headlines. I'm Jordan Small, a reporter at The Outlook. The craft beer scene has exploded in Alberta, and for Banff Avenue Brewing Company's head brewer, Miranda Batterink, its innovative culture proved to be an exciting industry to be a part of. Today on Downstream, Batterink is my guest as we discuss her decision to go against the grain and join a male-dominated industry, the basic recipe to make beer, and Batterink takes a blind taste test. So sit back, pour a pint of the good stuff, because this is all going down right now on Downstream. This podcast has been brought to you by Strides Canmore, the only dedicated running store in the Bow Valley. Located beside Starbucks in Canmore, they have an extensive selection of running shoes, apparel, and gear for all levels of runners and walkers alike. Over 35 models of running shoes to fit every size of foot. Check us out at stridescanmore.com. Well, Miranda, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, so we're speaking with uh, Miranda Batterink today, the head brewer of Banff Avenue Brewing Company. Uh, you just got back from Ontario. So uh, I guess maybe just start off, like, how was that? Like, what were you doing there? Were uh, you in, uh, was it Port Perry that you were from? Yes, so I'm from Port Perry. So <laughs> I had a friend's wedding back in Hamilton and then mm. just kind of made a bit of a family visit out of it. And it was very icy. <laughs> um, Ontario was having record ice storms last couple of weeks. And yeah, it was brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And obviously, we were just talking about uh, you had you spent some time in uh, the hammer, but uh, what you uh, you didn't go to school for uh, brewing in Hamilton. It was in Niagara, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, so uh, maybe could you just talk just a little bit about that? Like what was sort of that experience like like how did you hear about the program in the first place um i actually heard about it originally from a friend who kind of mentioned it in an offhand kind of way that niagara college was beginning this brewmaster program the following year which year was that um that would have been 2010 i want to say um and it could the idea just kind of stuck with me and i was like that sounds awesome i want to do that one day and it just yeah the idea stuck for a few years and eventually i was just like okay i should apply it and see what happens. Well, like, uh, well, speaking towards that, like, what is your interest in it? Was it, uh, you know, like the scientific process of creating the actual brew? Or like, were you just out one night in Hess Village and you're like, you know <laughs> what? Like, I, I like this. I can get into this. Um, a bit of both, I would say. A lot of it, even more so, I'd say, than the scientific side was the kind of the beer culture that was starting to form around craft breweries. Um so I had made it a bit of a hobby to go around and try different beers, try different beer tours. And yeah, it was just seemed like an exciting industry to get into. Uh, the actual Niagara program, how does it work? Like how many years is it? Uh, and let's say first year, what do you learn first year, second year? What do you learn second year? So it's say it would be a two-year program, but it's mm-hmm. condensed through the summers. So we do four semesters back to back. So 16 months start to finish. Um, there's a lot of the science side of things, I would say, a lot of microbiology, uh, chemistry in there. There's a big emphasis on the business part of things as well. So the full program is called Brewmaster and Brewery Operations Management. Um, so basically the 
point of the program is to train you into the capacity that you could one day open your own brewery. Not that everyone strives to do that, but it certainly um, equips you with a lot of the knowledge you would need. So for yourself going into it, um, uh, starting to complete process, like what were you sort of thinking? I mean, like obviously you're the head brewmaster at Banff Ave, uh, but I mean, like what what would be sort of like your end goal? Um, kind of what I'm doing now, really. My A big draw to this industry for me was, oh, there's amazing breweries in amazing locations. So it's kind of opens the door to work in a lot of these amazing mountain towns that you kind of need a niche job to be able to live and work in, Mm -hmm. as you guys know. So uh, after college, did you immediately get the job at Banff Avenue or did you go somewhere else first or what was no, sort of the No, so process? I graduated from the Niagara College program in August 2016 and then I moved out here right after. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a month of lodge work back up at Lake O'Hara where I'd worked quite a bit the past few years. Um, did a month there as kind of a little brewing hiatus and then started at Banff Ave in October of 2016. What did you start as? Was it a, a brewmaster? As brewer. Brewer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so I guess maybe one of the things that we want to talk about is like, like how, how do you like sort of make beer? Like what is sort of like, you know, the basic recipe to make beer? Um, so basically you have four ingredients. You have water, you have barley or other grain, but for the most part, barley, mm-hmm. uh, yeast and hops. Um, and you're basically extracting sugar out of the barley that you can later ferment. Um, so this sugar water that you're creating from that barley is called wort, uh, W-O-R-T. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> not, not, just in case. <laughs> um, not a very attractive term for anything. But <laughs> uh, So there's a saying, brewers make wort, yeast make beer. Um, so for a brew day, for example, I just came from the brew pub now and we are making our Kolsch, which is on tap. Um, so that's about an eight hour day of actually creating this wort, uh, pitch the yeast in. And then at that point, the yeast is eating up the sugar for the next 10, 12 days or so and creating, uh, alcohol and CO2 out of that. So when you have this sort of uh, process that you're making, uh, do you, I guess, how, like, how do you make it your own? Like when you look at the process, and yeah, like, can you do that with it? Is it is there room, flexible room? Yeah, things? absolutely. There's a lot of, basically you can manipulate any one of those ingredients to make a totally different beer. And then you can also manipulate the process to make a different beer. So temperature is super key to the final dryness of the beer, for example, um, or the amount of time that the hops are being boiled for makes a huge difference. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of wiggle room within those parameters of beer making and it within each individual beer style as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, obviously with uh, beer making at uh, Banff Avenue uh, Brewing Company uh, and with you as the lead, uh, as far as just like, let's say, breaking down barriers and making it inclusive to everybody to drink uh, instead of, let's say, like, uh, you know, traditional beer drinkers, like how, how do you sort of say we want to get this market, let's say women or right. or whoever it might be? Like, how, how do you include everybody into your beer making process? Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of wiggle room within our lineup. So during the winter, we had 10 beers on tap. Um, during the summer, we'll go down to six or seven just because we're moving more volume in the summer. Mm-hmm. So to be able to keep up with those styles. Um, so we kind of try to hit the different niches with that lineup um, in terms of beer styles. So we have our stout, which 
dark beer lovers love. Um, we have our Blondale, which is kind of the entry level. If someone walks in and asks for a PBR or a Kokanee, we're going to kind of point them in that direction because it's not scary craft beer. It's mm-hmm. just a more flavorful version of what they're used to drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's always, I always like to have a fruit beer in the lineup because there's a lot of people who, again, are intimidated by craft beer, but the fruit beer tends to fill that niche market a little bit. Um, yeah, it's just kind of playing with it and seeing what moves and maybe you make a beer and 1% of beer nerds out there love it and 99% don't want to try it. And that's great to do once and you're probably not going to keep that on the lineup. Well, I'm glad you brought up sort of, you know, fruit beers or just like, you know, interesting beers that maybe 1% of people like, 99% might not like. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I've read that uh, you created a beer in college. It was a blueberry apple blonde, I believe it was. It was a blueberry maple blonde. Maple blonde, sorry. Yeah. Um, as far as just creative beers in that process, does that still stand as sort of like your number one creative beer? Or have you been able to experiment with anything at Banff Ad that, let's say, hasn't gone out to the public? Yeah, there's a lot of um experimenting that we can do in our own time as brewers at Banff as well because we have a what's called a pilot system um so basically that's the entire process shrunken down so anyone who's done home brewing it's very familiar to a day of home brewing and we end up with 50 liters at the end of the day rather than 1600 liters at the end of the day so if you make a bad beer you only have 50 liters of bad beer if you make an awesome beer you can scale that up Um, onto the big system so it's definitely that's kind of where we can do our creativity at a in a low risk kind of way so uh uh, just making that point uh as far as bad beer like (laughs) is it a process with you like at the beginning like was there 50 was there a lot of 50 liter uh bins that never saw the public's eye or like are you pretty uh pretty solid with it nowadays um we're pretty solid with it nowadays it's um it's just learning the equipment, really. Like, mm-hmm. if I were to go to another brewery now, it's still, just because I've been at Banff for however long, it doesn't mean that I'm going to go to the next place and know exactly what I'm doing. It's every brew house is so different. Fermenters are so different. Different breweries use different yeast strains. So you need to kind of learn about your own strain. So I'd say we have it dialed really well now. Mm-hmm. Um, myself and the other brewer, we've been doing it long enough that... Uh, that we feel confident doing things rather than um, flying by the seat of our pants a little bit. Was that something you learned in college or was that something like, again, like flying uh, by the seat of your pants, like you just kind of learned it on job? A bit of both for sure. Mm -hmm. College, um, there was an actual brewery at the college. So one day a week of classes was being in this brew house brewing, um, which was great for hands-on experience. And the college was also really good about teaching you why you're doing these processes rather than just kind of blindly doing them. And then with that knowledge, you're able to kind of manipulate the process knowing that it'll work for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, uh, I'm speaking with you right now and you're a woman uh, and you're a woman in a male-dominant industry. Uh, I guess, I guess maybe this could be a couple part question, but I mean, the first part is being like, uh, how is it for you? Like, do you, uh, find it pretty easy to, uh, get into this or like what, what was sort of like your experience? Yeah, I would say my personal experience has been very positive. Um, I haven't received any kind of barriers to entry that I've perceived. I know that 
I know others who have, and I've heard stories from female coworkers who, which are not great stories of the industry, but my, yeah, my personal experience has been very positive. Is that uh, as far as, let's say, are you speaking towards uh, other people who would like would be in your position or are you talking about like waitresses or um no i mean more in terms of um there's a lot of assumptions about um women in the beer industry that aren't that are people assume you're not in production people assume oh, okay you can pour a beer and that's kind of where it ends so I have a lot of female colleagues who go to beer festivals and get approached with like, oh, is there someone here who can explain this beer to me? Um, just kind of disregarding the fact that, oh, this this person behind the jockey box pouring the beer knows everything about this beer. Um, so it's kind of more, I would say, blind assumptions than um, than direct stereotypes, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, that sort of segues right into my next question for you is uh, being uh, in your position, do you see yourself as somebody who sort of opens doors to women who, you know, might have thought about this as a career choice, but now like, you know, like they're, if they're speaking with somebody who's actually doing it, then it's like, oh, like, right. Yeah. Um, I've had it a couple of times that actually it was interesting. We had a woman back for a tour a couple of weeks ago and she was like, oh, I really wanted to get into the industry, but every... Um, Every job application always says, oh, you must be capable of lifting X number of pounds. Or, and she was like, I found that really intimidating. And I was like, oh, well, no one has a good time hauling a 50-liter keg around. That's why we use a dolly. That's fine. <laughs> um, so I think for from that standpoint, it can be a, very intimidating for women sometimes. And yeah, absolutely. If you see someone in the industry who is doing it, regardless of their size or whatever, it's, yeah, I'd imagine that's hopeful for some people. I hope so. <laughs> I also think that the kind of the academic background for women is a lot, um, can be less intimidating to get into than straight into the field. So I hope that Niagara College, and there's a lot of other programs in Canada that have opened since, um, provide a way for women to get into the production side of things in a hopefully less intimidating way. When you started at Niagara, uh, just out of curiosity, like what was sort of the male-female ratio of the program? Um, about 10 to 1, I would say. Really? As, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was, so my program... I don't know why I'm so shocked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, 10 to 1 was pretty straight across the board. Um, each semester intake, they admit 18 students. In my particular cohort, we had myself and one other woman. Mm -hmm. And then 16 male. Uh, I, I guess maybe just as far as... Uh, yeah, you and I speaking now. Can you say? Uh, I, I, I guess when you're looking at different beers, tasting different beers, smelling different beers, would you say you have a pretty good, you know, like understanding of the beer industry and you know, like different tastes and stuff like that? Yeah, for sure. That was a big part of um, actually at Ni Niagara College. We covered a lot of sensory aspects of it, which is obviously an awesome thing to do in college. Um, which is yeah, sitting down, talking about beer, and kind of being able to describe what it is that you're tasting rather than, okay, this is hoppy, but can you break that down further? Okay, maybe it's citrus hoppy. And then it's, oh, beyond that, is it orange citrus? Is it orange peel? Is it tangerine? All that kind of stuff that you can pick out. Okay. Uh, so what we have for you right now is a little bit of a taste test to oh see dear. just how uh, <laughs> just how good those senses are. Uh, so I'm going to show you, uh, we have three different samples. Uh, they're all going to be 
uh, no labels on them or anything like that. They're all from Banff Avenue Brewing Company. Uh, just to see if your own product is uh, good enough. So I'll get them awesome. over for you right now. If everybody just. Uh... So I, uh, you're you're kind of looking at the shot glasses. It's they're beer and shot glasses, and uh, you were smelling them and kind of getting a good uh, look look at them. So uh, I think one of them I, I put the little one two three on it. So yes. do you want to start with number one and uh, you know just have a sip of it and she's smelling it? Yeah, I think um, <laughs> I think you're sabotaging me here. Oh really? I'm sabotaging <laughs> you a bit here. Well, this uh, I can, I know by the smell of this one. This is our. Uh, Fair's day off, not brown ale. Um, she's good. She got. <laughs> she's one for one. Um, but it's strong, so it's gonna it's gonna impact my palate for the number two and three. No, no, just making excuses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is the brown ale that we brewed for the Alberta Avalanche safety dogs. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we have a couple hundred liters left, but we won't be carrying this too much longer mm -hmm. so it's a seasonal beer is what you're saying. yeah exactly we launched it um january 1st and we'll carry it on until end of march okay cool or i guess until what is it now end of april yeah all right so number two you got one for one number two so she had a smell and then she drank it she didn't smell drink it first, so she already taste. had that one down. <laughs> so what do you think for that one um yeah definitely a lot of a lighter much lighter beer uh, the Banff Blondale. Oh, oh, you were wrong there. It's the uh, Kiwi Kolsch. Kolsch, sorry, did I say that right? Oh, you got your hands on that. That's yes. brand new. Yeah, I did. Oh, nice. I um, went in yesterday. I was oh, like, oh, okay, that so one, that one, that one. Um, yeah, so this is our current charity beer. Uh, just explain a little bit. Uh, charity beer, go for it. What, what's it um, so basically, Banff Brewing um, chooses a different beer every quarter mm -hmm. or sorry a different charity every quarter so four times a year um and we brew beer for them so this quarter is uh rocky mountain adaptive mm -hmm. um which helps uh disabled people get into sports in the bow valley um and we did the kiwi Kolsch for them and we'll be brewing this until july 1st which will then launch our next charity so if people come in for a pint and they get a pint of that then like does some amount go to the charity or like, yeah so the... it's um a dollar a pint and a dollar a bomber bottle that we sell goes towards that charity so then at the end of that quarter the charity gets a check okay sweet awesome all right uh, we'll move oh, on to the, on we'll move on to the third one here you're uh one for two 50 <laughs> percent. that's 50%. not very good. it's barely a pass <laughs> Again, it was the same process. She took a sniff and took a sip out of this one. See, the first one she had down. She didn't even need to do that one. Yeah, the, well, the, that first one is distinct for sure. <laughs> so now we've got some hoppier character on here. Still with the smelling. Still with, Still the, with the smelling. Is it much tougher to do it this way? Like you have to taste test it, even though it's like, you know, a beard that you're around every, every day? Um, <laughs> tougher to... Do a blind tasting, you mean? Yes. yes. Um, no, not necessarily. It's more, um, a lot of it is, oh, did you eat before? What did you eat before? Um, the environment, this would actually be a good environment to do it in because you guys don't have food out or coffee out or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, so it, you, got a, you got an answer for that one or? Uh, <laughs> Seems to be stalling. Right now. <laughs> Buying myself time. Um, that is our... 
pond hockey pale ale you got it you got it uh awesome okay so i actually have one more for you oh okay but this is not banff brewing company this is a totally random one do you want to do this one and yeah let's it do it right. absolutely so this is uh it's a lighter beer maybe i should well you can see it but it's a lighter beer um i just want to see if maybe you can get it if not then that's cool too and uh, we'll go on to the- I, I would say it's a it's a pretty famous brand i would say and if uh, that doesn't uh, help, it tastes like Budweiser. No, no. <laughs> I think uh, maybe think more towards uh, Gran Torino. Gran Torino, the movie. Haven't seen that movie. Hipsters in Toronto. Oh, PBR. Yeah, you oh, got nice. it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right that tastes quite sweet, actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. It well, it might have been um, if it's sitting out a while and the carbonation is released. Mm-hmm. It, Typically, less carved beers taste sweeter. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have a quote here for you that I want to read to you uh, and just kind of get sort of like your reaction to it. Um, <clears throat> so here, here's a quote. Um, I haven't attended the Labor Day weekend family rodeo for more than a decade, oh, but dear. I know for a fact that if I still had sheep riding <laughs> and they didn't impose silly and unnecessary, unnecessary weight restrictions... I would school every kid who's ever being duped into taking one for the family team, including my big sister. You uh, have done your research. Uh, so, uh, as uh, you might uh, have realized, that is a quote from yourself. Um, and there was actually an article in the published in the Globe and Mail called Sheep Riding at the Family Rodeo. Yes. So well, I guess, can you just explain uh, the sheep riding aspect in this rodeo? That is- yeah, that's... Um- so I'm from Port Perry, which is a small town, and every, yeah, every year Labor Day weekend we would have the family rodeo um, and county fair and all that. If you're from a small town, I'm sure you would have a similar experience. <laughs> um, and then this one year, my family signed up for basically you sign up for different events, and then you get points based on these different events and how every member of your family does. And I somehow ended up sheep riding, <laughs> which uh, has stuck with me for quite a few years. So I wrote that article a couple years back, just kind of as a casual blog article, and then submitted it to the Globe and Mail just to kind of see what would happen um, back when they had their personal essays section. And yeah, I was not good at sheep riding, as uh, that article <laughs> will reveal. Well, as somebody who can really like appreciate like a silver, uh, sibling rivalry, um, I'm just curious why you haven't uh, maybe made a name for a beer called like you know like sibling smasher or <laughs> oh, like the favorite idea, child actually. or something along those lines. There's um there's a wine called sibling uh, sibling rivalry. Oh, is there? Yeah, there is. Uh, which I I have two older sisters actually, and we have gotten together and drank that wine on more than one occasion mm-hmm. um but yeah that's not a bad idea for a beer name i don't mind that at all i think anyone who has siblings can appreciate a good um family rivalry mm-hmm. uh, i also found it quite interesting uh that you had art like or even just for the essays like articles in the globe and mail and you were also a i, I think a staff writer for the silhouette at McMaster. yeah so the um i wasn't a staff writer i wrote a few articles for them mm-hmm. as a um basically a hobby i would say um, I did an undergrad prior to ever getting into brewing. I did an undergrad at McMaster in communication studies because um, I, I really do love writing. And it was just a great outlet to have that write the blog entries. And the- so, yeah, I was a staff writer for the 
satellite at Mohawk College. So I feel oh, like okay. maybe nice. there's a little bit of rivalry <laughs> here between us. A like, casual you, you might be you might be better than me at writing, and I, you know, like, I just can't really accept that. So. <laughs> That's right. Uh, great. Uh, those are pretty much, uh, you know, like the, the base of my questions for you. But like what's going on at uh, Banff Ave Brewing Company over the next uh, few months? Anything that's really standing out that you're really into, you really want um, to, uh, you're really happy and proud to be a part of? I'm very proud of our Women's Day beer that we have out right now. Um, it's called The Botanist and we brewed it on International Women's Day, March 8th, um, for the Pink Boot Society, which is this great organization that promotes and encourages women in the beer industry. Um, so there was quite a few breweries across Alberta that were involved in, I think, close to 15, actually. Um, but there's breweries all over the world that get together, get a bunch of women together and brew on this day. Um, so yeah, The Botanist, we launched that on our taps just a couple of weeks ago now. And it's a Groot Ale, which means um, a historical ale brewed with herbs instead of hops. Or in this case, we use both herbs and hops. Mm-hmm. Um, so we put elderberry in there. We put hibiscus, lavender, yarrow, a um, bunch of herbs from the Banff Tea Company, and they all came together really nicely. So, yeah, I'm quite excited and proud of that one. Um, and we brewed it with a bunch of our female staff on hand. So it was just a fun day getting everyone back there and all together. Having some beers, right <laughs> brewing some beer. <laughs> <laughs> do you find that a lot? Like, do uh, like just with your experience, do uh, do you see a lot of uh, women coming in having a beer? And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, which is, I I know so many women who drink beer, and not that many women in production side of things. So it's kind of a bit of a discrepancy there. I think it's changed a lot in our generation versus our parents. That like my mom's gets together with their friends and they all have a glass of wine and that's just kind of what they grew up doing but I think that it's very different for us now and my mom drinks beer now too so do you see it as more like they're um they're drinking the craft beer or just like let's say like they get a butt or something like that or a PBR like or like how do you see it um it's definitely in my experience a lot of craft beer um but that might also be the result of who I'm around and who I hang out with. But yeah, I think that there's um, a shift in that craft beer markets itself more to women. So you don't suddenly have the scantily clad woman on the bottle and you see that and automatically know, oh, that's not for me. That was not brewed for me. Everything about the marketing is not geared towards women. Um, And I think craft brewing tends to be a lot more inclusive in terms of their marketing and in terms of the culture of craft breweries. Okay, awesome. Well, Miranda, uh, thank you very much for coming in today. I really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having uh, me, Jordan. It was great. It was and great. I, I hope everything was okay. And yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Come by for a pint. Yes, I, I yeah. definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> Downstream is brought to you by the Rocky Mountain Outlook, located in the heart of the beautiful Bow Valley. This podcast was recorded at our newspaper studios in Canmore, produced and audio engineered by Aaron Toombs and published by Jason Lyon. For more from The Outlook, you can visit our website at rmoutlook.com.